Good morning, Crossroads. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Amen. We worship this same awesome, powerful God, so it don't even matter if you're going through trials and tribulation. We still doing good because the Lord don't change, right? He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and he's a good God. Amen. Congratulations, y'all, again on y'all five-year anniversary. Well, of the name change, five years. Uh, it's been such a blessing. I thank God. No, I thank the Lord that he even allowed me to partake. Uh, I was a part of the preaching when you all was getting ready to do the name change. Crossroad will always, always have a special place in my heart. It's the first time that I was taken to the woods with all white men <laughs> and bears <laughs> Robert had to be a real friend to convince me to go to the mountain with a bunch of white men. I said, man, but you know what? Best time, I learned about rest, and it has really changed my life forever. One of the best weeks that I think I've ever had in my life. Matter of fact, it was so good, we ended up getting two members out of that, that retreat because one of the members that I was roommate with was Brandon from First Baptist Tallahassee. And I have a book out. So uh, I was telling him about it. He posted it online. And when he posted the book online, Mark read the book. Mark was a member at at Talisman. And Mark called him. He said, man, is this guy for real? Then Brandon was just talking like, yeah, man, oh, he the real deal. Then knowing that Mark was, God was telling Mark to come go with him and plant this church. So Mark been with us for four and a half. No. Well, since the beginning. I met him one day before, the, him and Miss Diane, one day before the church plant. Raise your hand, Mark, if you don't mind. And Miss Diane. It's always fun when we go out. And when Mark said, yeah, that's my pastor, people are like, what? <laughs> but, man, they are so wonderful. But it was that retreat that I met Brandon that I got a chance to really become a partner with Tallahassee, First, uh, First Baptist Tallahassee, who are great partners, great friends, and uh, Crossroad. We love Elmore County, period. You know, our, our brother Ray McKenzie, like just. Love Crossroad. Y'all are doing a wonderful job. Uh, so, and so thankful that you would even allow me to come here and share with you again. Love Brother Robert. I told him years ago that I believe that he was a pastor's pastor. So it, it's only fitting for him to accept that call to go help other pastors grow in the Lord as well. So let's continue to lift him up. He loved Crossroad. He texted me this morning, so pray for me and everything like that. Amen. All right. So right now at Flatline Church at Chisholm, uh, we are preaching through the book of Acts. And for the last four years, it only took us four years to go through the book of John, right? <laughs> and I think that's only 21 chapters. Now the book of Acts got 28 chapters, so it's probably going to take us another five years to preach through that. But we believe that, um, especially as a new believer, especially when you're dealing with a church plant, I think it's important that you, one, learn the life of Jesus. So the book of John is probably, to me, one of the most simplest books in the Bible that gives testimony to Jesus' earthly ministry. And then you also want to learn about the early church, and we are to model after them. So that's what happened in the book of Acts. So that's why it's important that I believe that the Lord has us preaching through the book of Acts. 
Now, what I'm about to, right now I'm on Acts chapter 4 because, you know, our service started at 2.30 this afternoon, so I'm going to preach three here, I'm going to preach four there, but I've, I've already preached this one about a month ago, but it was, it was urbanized, so I had to contextualize it <laughs> for you guys, right? The title of the sermon at Flatline a month ago was Grab Em, G-R-A-B-M-E-M, not them, but M, all right? But today it's going to be thank you for the lifting, all right? <laughs> What Paul said, be all things all men. So, you know, even though I know that's evangelism scripture, we just never know. So God loves all things, all people, uh, everywhere, you know. Even I was off some time in worship with the brother was, uh, that's my first time meeting him today, but man, didn't he do a good job of leading us in worship, y'all? Amen. And then I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the song choice as we go through Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. The first song, they talked about the power that's in the name of Jesus. And then, now, and then they just did the song with same God, the same God that was a healer then, the same God that's a healer now, the same power that they had back then in those ancient texts, uh, the same power that we're supposed to have today. So as we look through Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, how can we look at this ancient holy text and apply it to our lives today in uh, August of 2023? And that's what the Bible is for, that we carefully examine the scriptures, see how we can draw closer to the Lord, and what's the application that I'm supposed to uh, apply to my life, my walk in today's time. So if y'all don't mind, we're going to read Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, and we're going to hit five points here, and I'm going to be out of your way now. We should be done by 5 o'clock this afternoon, because you shouldn't have got a... Well, you, you shouldn't have got a black preacher. Y'all know we preach for three hours. They didn't tell you. Oh, okay. No, they're going to deliver lunch. <laughs> All right, let's look at Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. All right. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those who were entering the temple, the church. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something for them. But Peter said, I don't have silver money, silver gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then, taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and his ankles became strong. Verse 8, so he jumped up, started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Verse 9, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what happened to him. Let us pray real quick. Father God, in the mighty, awesome, powerful matchless name of the name that's above every name, and that name is Jesus. God, we come to you again this morning praising you, thanking you for being so good, so merciful, so kind, so forgiving, so powerful, so loving. Only you, God. So God, I pray as your man servant that I would decrease so that you may increase, Lord God. Teach me, even though you have chosen me for the, as the vessel this morning to share your word, but I want to learn too, Lord God. I pray for every heart 
that listen to your word today. If they're not saved, I pray that today be the day of salvation. And if they are, they are saved, I pray that they draw closer to you today than they were before they came here this morning. God, we love you, but we only love you, able to love you because you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. All right. We're going to look at five points. That when we look at Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, that properly we can apply to our own lives. The first one, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at some bias, be wise, because in order to, to do something, something else has to happen, especially when it comes uh, uh, to doing the work of the Lord. And the first one is, as we look at uh, Acts 3, 1 through 10, just look at verse 1 right now. And the first point is, if we're going to be effective for the Lord, and what can we can grab out of this this scripture is we have to prepare by praying. We have to be praying people, right? And if you look at uh, Acts chapter uh, 3, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John were going to the temple for the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. That's very, very important when you understand Jewish custom, because during that time it was, Jew- it was customary for uh, the saints to pray three times a day, which should be customary for us to do at least three times a day. You don't have to do it in the temple, in the church, but when you examine your life, how often do you pray? You know, how often am I facing the book, uh, praying for the Word of God, or we on Facebook, right? Um, but when you look at uh, 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 the Bible tells us, it's, 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 a, it's a common thing throughout the Bible about praying, especially for the Jewish at that time, three times a day. Even when you look at Psalms chapter 55, verse 16 through 17, it says, but I called to God, and the Lord will save me. I complain and groan and mourning. I'm, I'm sorry. I complain and groan morning, noon, and night, and he hears my voice. The Lord hear you when you complain and you groan. Now, normally, you know how we're in a, cu- a culture right now. When I say, how you doing? You say, ah, I can't complain. No, it's okay to complain. Just complain to the Lord. Don't complain on Facebook, right? The Bible says, according to Psalm 55, it's okay to complain to the Lord, to groan to the Lord, and do it morning, noon, and night. Because have you looked around? Have y'all seen this world that we're living in right now? It's okay to complain to the Lord because the Lord can hear, and it actually helps our heart because we know that God is a sovereign God, and he, He's still ultimately in control, right? But if you're complaining around people who don't know the Lord, most of the time it ends up being a bad witness for us. So complain and pray. When we look at the fact that they were dedicated to praying to God at least three times a day. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, when he was in the lion's den. It said, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house, the window in his upstairs room, open toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, he got down on his knees. He prayed, and he gave thanks to God, just as he had done before. I think that still should be a customary for us today. You know, just because Christ came and resurrected from the grave, I don't think we need to slack up on our praying. I think we should pull time aside and pray to God. Get down on our knees. Get uncomfortable sometimes and pray to God. Watch what he do. Watch what he do for your heart as you do that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 uh, through 18. Um, Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. Don't give thanks in something. Give thanks, give thanks when somebody wins the election that you don't think should have won. That's everything. Because God is still sovereign. We don't, we don't want to get caught up in the dark of the elephant. It's about the lamb, right? So he, 
Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. James chapter 5, verse 16. Man, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It said, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Prayer, 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 prayer. We, sh- we need a prayer life. We don't, listen, it does us no good to have a works-based life when you have no prayer life, right? So prayer is key. And then once you develop a prayer life, you also got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you know, even as you're out, even if you're coming into the church and somebody might be at the temple gate at the door right there, be prepared to carry their burden because God will switch things up. And that's what will happen with John and Peter. They was on their way into the temple to do their regular thing, but something happened that changed everything. But I like the second point, once you prepare your heart by praying, then you'll be able to prepare to carry other people's burdens, right? Because people need us these days, especially the Christians. We have the solution to the brokenness of this world in our heart. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people got burdens, and they're trying to carry their own burdens, or they're trying to cover up their own burden through drugs and, and sexual immorality and all these other things, you know. Uh, but prepare to carry. Look what they did. A man, verse 2 uh, from Acts chapter 3, a man who was lame for birth was being carried there. He was placed there each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg for those entering the temple. Still, somebody had to carry this man, because you're going to learn later on, he was over 40 years old, but somebody brought him to the gate every single day day to beg, but at least they know he can at least get some food or at least get some money for food, right? And even as I was driving up here today, as I'm driving here and I'm coming down the road, I, could, I just see poverty and things like that. And people need us. How, many, how often do we just pass by them? Because Peter had the opportunity to keep going even after he see this broken, lame man here at the temple gate. Do we keep going sometimes or do we stop like Peter them did, right? But we're talking about caring. Be prepared to carry. Think about what the Bible tells us when it talks to, talk about carrying other people's burden. Galatians chapter 6, 2 says, carry one another's burden. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Now, you want to know how to be righteous in the eyesight of God? It tells us right here, learn to carry other folks' burden. And this is what I mean by carry other folks' burden. Don't take on all their responsibility, but at least be an ear. You know, at least be there for them in a way that you can be there for them. Because that's how you win people to Christ. See, I didn't hear the gospel until I was 26 years old, February 3rd, 2002, at 11, 17 a.m. And I did not believe that. I didn't believe God loved me. I didn't believe the church loved me. My daddy was gone. My mom was in and out of the street. My uncle was under the bondage of alcohol. So I didn't feel nobody. And 15 days out of the month, I didn't have food at the house. We didn't have running water. I didn't take a shower until I was 19 years old. Nobody tried to carry the burden. I remember we would go to the church, and uh, before my grandma started losing her mind, and they would be selling food. We ain't got food at the house, but I ain't got enough money to buy plates at the church. So I go to church spiritually hungry, physically hungry, and I leave physically hungry and spiritually hungry. That's why we feed the community every Sunday at 4 o'clock at Flatline Church, because of that, because I know in the area that we're we're called to carry the burden, the area that we serve at right now, within a one-mile radius of our church is 11,594 people with the average household income ranging from 11000 to $17,000 a year. I know there's a, there's a lot of hungry people that come into our church. You don't have to tell me you're hungry. The stats let me know that you're hungry. 
So as a church, we're supposed to be intentional about carrying other people's burden, because that's how we win them to Jesus. The goal is to win souls for Christ. Right, church? According to Matthew 28, 19 through 20, God says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and then teach them what God had taught you. Don't be scared because he's going to be with you to the end of the age. You know, but we got to pay attention to go and, and tell people about Jesus and then let them in our lives. Look at First Peter 1, 7. So that the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, which through, uh, even though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now watch this, the character of our faith as we learn to carry people, keep a burden, as we learn to live a, a life of Christ, it's more valuable than money. It's more attractive than money. I know, I know some millionaires, and, they don't, and, and some millionaire couples that ain't sleeping in the same room, married. So it's more valuable. What we have as a Christian is more valuable than money, and Peter let him know that, right? But carrying other folks' burden, because guess what? We go to Christ, and he carry our burden, right? So again, I'm not carrying your burden like, I'm, I'm bringing your burden, and I'm putting, teaching you how to put your burden on Christ, but let me pull you in first. Let me have a conversation with you. Let me listen to you. Let me try to find out what's going on in your heart. And more than likely, people are not saved because when you save, you know to take your burden to the Lord. But when, you don't, when you're not saved, they don't know about the Lord, so they're going to bring their burden to you. So we got to be prepared to carry their burden and then teach them about Jesus, and then they can learn what the Bible says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, when Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and what? Burdened. And I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So a person that don't know Jesus yet, they don't know, the, they don't know this. So that's why the Bible commands us to carry other folks' burden and teach them about Jesus so they can know where to put their burdens at. Amen. All right, and then the third thing we, we learn from these scriptures is be prepared to respond when the Holy Spirit tell you to, even though they were just going there to have a regular prayer service like they always do three times a day. But look at verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, talking about the man, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said to him, look at us, because you know, when we uh, run into the ones that are begging, you know, if you make eye contact with them, you better get ready to give them some. That's why we be at the red light like this. Don't look over. Don't look over. Don't look over. If you look over, you got to give them one, two, five, ten, twenty dollars or something. But Peter looked straight at him. Peter said, I'm going to look at you. So he looked straight at him and said, look at us. And then he told him, look at us. So the man had turned to them expecting something from them. He expected money. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold. Man, I ain't got no money. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. See, people who are lame, see, come people call, listen, especially when you're a Christian, people come, uh, uh, they, all of us got some kind of lameness, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, especially you had before you got saved. All of us had a spiritual lameness, right? Lameness is simply brokenness, 
deformity. But a lot of lame people might be able to walk with their regular legs, but spiritually they, they still lame because they think money solved their problem. He thought money was going to solve his problem. And Peter let him know, man, that ain't, gonna, that ain't what I got to, to, to help you with your problem. What I got for you is more powerful, more beneficial to you than money. Because there's so much power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. That's why the world don't mind you saying God, even though Jesus is God, but don't you say Jesus. Then there's a problem. That's why Christianity get attacked so much, because there's power in the name of Jesus. You got to think about what Jesus said. Jesus said, all authority now has been given to me. So the authority that demons recognize, that the people who love the world recognize, is in the name of Jesus. So don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. But be prepared to, be prepared to respond when the Holy Spirit tells you, I know you're going to do this, stop right here, pay attention to this. And that's what Peter did. And that's what, how can we apply that in our lives today? How many times that we're on our job, we're in school, or we're around our cookout, we're around our friends, and we know at this particular time they might not be lame physically, but they're lame spiritually or they're lame mentally. And, and, and we got our regular routine laid out, but the Lord might say, oh, hold on. And if you go in, look at them. Tell them to look at you and have a conversation with them about the Lord, about the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Because if you say it's only by the name, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So you got something that they don't have, but that they need and that Christ died and resurrected for them to have. Amen? For the sake of time. See, at Flatline, I preached it about an hour and a half, so I'm going to have to skip some notes. <laughs> Third. Uh, you heard Mark say, he ain't lying. So, <laughs> okay, move on to the fourth point. All right. So, what was the first one? Yeah, anybody remember the first one? What's the second one? Carry. The third one? Respond. And the fourth one is be prepared to lift. Be prepared to lift. All right. It's a lot of broken people, a lot of hurting people that need to be lifted up. People walked into this church today just like, man, I need something. Right? Because everybody, I'm not going to assume everybody here know the Lord. Again, I was 26 years old in the South, did not know Jesus. Like I knew of Jesus, but I didn't, nobody connected it, all right? From where I was from, the Klan was still active in my community. And the only ones that came to the block to talk to us about Jesus was the Black Nation of Islam. And they brought this newspaper called Final Call Newspaper. And they was like, Jesus can't look like this and live in the Middle East. And then the only thing I knew about the Klan, I mean, the cross was, that's what the Klan put in your yard when you got a problem with them. So that's why Romans 10 say, how could people know unless somebody go and explain it to them? So when we, when we fail to go into these neighborhoods, into these communities, and put it together for people, they don't know. So for 26 years, that's what I thought. I, I didn't want to connect with blue-eyed, Pantene V, perky lip Jesus over there. Right? And like I said... 
So nobody connected the two until February 3rd, 2002, at 11.17 a.m. when I heard this preacher break all that down. And I love what he started out by saying, Jesus ain't white. He said, he ain't black either. He's a Jew. And that at least opened my heart to say, okay, well, let me see what this man is talking about. So Revelation 3, verse 20 said, God said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock, but if you open the door, then I'll come in and I'll suck with you. I have. So it's a lot of time we knocking on at the heart of people. I mean, we're knocking at the door of their heart, but they peeking through that. They're like, oh, I don't want that. I'm not going to let you in. It's just like with the Jehovah Witness come to some of y'all house. You be like, oh, nope. That's how some people, that's how I was for 26 years. When you try to come tell me about God and Christianity, then I knew some stuff that was going on with preachers. I picked through that door like, nope, not letting you in. You bamboozle, you crazy, you, you know, you don't know no better. Even the black one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to respect you, but you don't know no better. But boy, then when I heard that gospel, whoo, I became one of those dudes. Let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> We're prepared to live, right? Verse 7, let's look at verse 7. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And some, some version do say he lifted him up. And at once... Not later on, but at once, his feet and his ankles became strong. And if you read on the Acts chapter 4, it talks about this man was over 40 years old. So can you imagine? This man was born, it tells us he was born from birth. I mean, I'm sorry, he was lame from birth, and all of a sudden now he's jumping up and praising the Lord. And see, Peter believed in the power of the name of Jesus so much because the Bible talks about it was a bunch of people at, in this temple gate. For him to tell this man who'd been lame for 40 years, get up and walk, and then grab him and pick him up. But if that miracle didn't work, that was going to be a bad day for Peter because he was going to be very, very embarrassed. But he believed on the power of the name that's in Jesus Christ. And he believed not by his own power, but by the power of Jesus. I'm going to lift him up. How many people in our circle, in our community right now, that if you just simply depend on the power of the name of Jesus, you can go lift them up out of their stoop, out of their situation, out of that drug habit, out of that bad adulterous relationship they had, out of that bad fornication relationship, out of stealing on their taxes and doing all this other crazy stuff. Just go in the name of Jesus. You know. Another example, I don't, I don't know how to read this. Am I good? Okay. <laughs> I don't want you to throw no shoe at me on that. <laughs> but one of the, uh, one, 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 another favorite uh, story in the Bible, account, because they're not stories, is when you're talking about, because it was, if you go back and read the text, it talks about, you know, See, this man didn't really have no faith to get up. Peter had to grab him. And sometimes God will use our faith to get a person where they are, to teach them about who Jesus is. And that's in Scripture. When you look at Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 26, perfect example. Uh, it reads, on one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of, that's too much to read. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I ain't flatline. So <laughs> that's a lot of scripture. But anyway, let me, let me break it down to you if you have not read that, that story. It's an account where 
uh, Jesus was teaching, and it's in Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26, and they had a friend who was lame. There were, there, were, there, were, there were friends of this man who was lame, and they wanted to get him to Jesus so bad that they saw Jesus teaching, and they tore the roof off the building, and they, laid, they, they lowered him down in front of Jesus so that he could be healed. And Jesus told them, by your faith, by your faith, this man had been made well. Now, they were telling him, we're healing you based on your friends had enough faith to tear the roof off to bring you to me. Jesus will heal folks even sometime when we say, okay, he don't know no better right now, she don't know no better right now, Lord, but let me just go and bring them to you and let the Lord heal them spiritually, physically, emotionally. And the last point. I think I, did, I jumped ahead of myself, but is to bring them with you. So what happened when this man got healed? Look at verse 8. It says, so he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, meaning that Peter and John brought this man to church. They witnessed to him. They, they, they gave him what he, the power of Jesus Christ, and then he, they brought him in. So we're supposed to be doing that as well. As we're going out sharing the gospel, lifting folks up, tell them about the good news of Jesus. Tell them about the power that's in Jesus. Tell them about the resurrection power, the power that, that change you, to save your soul. Then say, okay, bring them with you because they do need to get disciples. They do need to grow. They do, it does you no good to tell somebody the gospel, then you don't give them a church home. They need community. We need community. All right? So he brought them with him, Right? And when you bring folks with you in church, especially when God has done something in their life, we can also look at this lame man and what can we learn from this? You know, the Bible said he got up walking, leaping, and praising God. How many times God done did something for you and you just don't tell nobody about it? You know God done did something for you great like, like today and then you go to work tomorrow God can radically change your life today. You go to work Monday or you go to school and you say, how was your weekend? Oh, it was okay. What? God radically saved you. He radically healed you. He radically done things in your family. And when you do that, and when you do that, I don't think I gave it to you, but Acts chapter, uh, no, no, I'm not going to hit that one right now. Verse 9, okay, let me keep going. He walked in, leaping and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment for what had happened to him. Now, I'm close on this. Now let's switch it over to the, to the lame man, what I was talking about earlier. When you look at Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19, there's a story again where Jesus healed men that had leprosy, 10 men that had leprosy. Matter of fact, let me read it. While traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, 10 men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. They stood at a distance because when you were leprosy, you couldn't, you couldn't hang out with the rest of the folk. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, go 
and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed, meaning they got healed. But one of them, one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice, he gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus said, were not ten cleansed? Where the other nine at? Did any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told them, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. Now, this is the thing about this. You, don't be, you don't also don't want to be one of the nine. When God do something for you, 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 you know he done cleaned you. You know he done saved you. You know he done made your marriage better. You know he absolutely cured a mansion or space in heaven for you where there will be no more tears, no more crying. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Revelation every month, God is going to create a new fruit. Did y'all know that? I don't even know how many fruit on the earth right now, but can you imagine being in glory where every month for all eternity, God is going to give you a new fruit? I bet you that's going to be some good food, right? But imagine this. He healed 10, but only one came back like that man praising God about what God had done. And the nine took the healing and went on about their business. They're not praising God because, if, again, like I said, if you go to Acts chapter 4, after this same lame man that was leaping and praising God, the Bible said five, Peter ended up preaching behind that. Because Peter's like, okay, wait a minute, now everybody looking at this man that Jesus just healed, I'm going to take advantage of this, and I'm going to preach to him. Acts chapter 4, and Peter preached to him, and the Bible say about 5,000 men got saved that day because that man who got a healing for Jesus was leaping and praising God, meaning he was telling people about what Jesus had done for him. So how many people are weak? probably hindering from, here, from being saved because we won't tell other folk what God did for them. Well, wait, I'm sorry, we won't tell other folk what God did for you. You might be holding somebody else up. So the name of the sermon was thank you for lifting. So even though God used Peter uh, to lift up that man, we need to be thanking God because he lift us up. If you're saved today, God lift you up. And are you thanking him for the lifting? Are you praising him for the lifting? Because if you praise him and you thank him for the lifting, other folks will get saved just because they want what you got. Because they think silver and gold, money, status, fame is what they need, but they really lame. What they really need, what we needed was the name of Jesus Christ. So when we praise God because we got the name of Jesus Christ, we will show the world that what we have is more attractive than boats, cars, money, and all that other stuff. There's nothing more precious than the name of Jesus Christ, than the gift of Jesus Christ, than the gift of salvation, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, hope, peace, meekness, self-control, humility. All of that comes through the name of Jesus Christ. So if you know that you got that, why aren't you praising and telling everybody about what this Jesus has done for you? So let's, saints, let's make a habit, let's make it a practice to pray at least three times a day. 
at least three times a day. Because prayer is, God don't need your prayer. Prayer is for you. The more you pray about how awesome God is, it helps your heart. It helps your confidence in the Lord. When you don't pray, you pay attention to what's going on around you. When you do pray, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And then you know how to better move and respond for the things that are going on around you, the good and the bad. Amen. So let's make a practice to thank the Lord for lifting us up. Amen. Love y'all.